Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I am Jay Warmke. And uh, as of today, I'm Annie Warmke. As of today. And, and today we're going to talk about the environmental impact of lawns or, and we can break into song, it's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Oh my word. Yes, I was, trying to, I was trying to think of a thing about the grass is always greener and that didn't make any sense. But then I thought a song about somebody ready to be executed <laughs> thinking about their lawn is, is pretty... Um, <sighs> Pretty appropriate. I'm not sure that's exactly <laughs> what they were thinking of, but okay. <laughs> right. The way you think, uh-huh. we can't help it. Okay. So anyway, so so why lawns? Why lawns? Why are we talking about lawns? Well, well, first off, why do we even have lawns? I think that's the question. It's not why lawns. It's why do we do this? All and right, well, I'm sure you're going to tell me, but I just want to say that I think it's the craziest idea to grow a crop that produces Nothing. Okay. No well, benefit. I don't get somehow it. Somehow I could have projected that. Uh, and onto the fact you. that somehow, even though we don't remember <laughs> or know this, it's related to we have wealth yeah, and yeah, yeah. prosperity and we're gentrified there because we have the this useless thing growing. Well, actually it has a purpose because in the Middle Ages <laughs> it makes a lot of money for in people. In the Middle Ages <laughs> in the Middle Ages around castles, it kept uh, an open view so you could guard yourself against um, all of your enemies. Okay, I stand, I absolutely stand <laughs> right. correct then. So that was everything. supposedly the very first uh, existence of lawns. They but would try and keep everything. you wouldn't have that if you weren't rich. Well, that's the, that's the next thing. It became a symbol of wealth because only the absurdly wealthy people could afford to have areas that were unproductive surrounding their homes. They'd have to hire gardeners. They'd have to, you know, remember those pictures of the sheep, you know, grazing in front of the White House because they wanted the lawns to look nice. So no, I don't remember those. That well, was they are. My time. <laughs> and, and they have become, and I think they still are today, a symbol of affluence, you know, a symbol of, you know, I've made it, I've got my lawn and my riding lawnmower and all of that. But it's important to understand lawns do not exist in the natural world. So that's kind of a starting point. And I guess if you take the attitude, your, your very un-American attitude that, uh, that things have to be natural and things have to be productive and things have to be gentle on the earth, you know, then lawns are bad. <laughs> I'm, a bad I'm a really bad American. You're a really bad American. I, I'm proud of it. I okay. have a button to say so. All right. But there are out there defenders of the lawn. And, and when I went out looking, I, I actually found several websites that were defenders of the lawn. And listen, listen uh, quietly to what they have to say. <laughs> I've, been, I've been squelched. Censored. 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 Pre-censored. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. So um, they, they contend that turf grass helps to reduce flooding, it helps to prevent erosion, and they went on at great length to talk about the Dust Bowl of the 1930s, and apparently lawns would have solved that problem. Okay, but wait, who, okay. who wrote this okay. and who paid for okay. it to be so, written? So these are lawn care guys, this? all right? Okay. Yeah, they're lawn all care right. Thanks people. for saying that. Actually, you should give that disclaimer. There's lawnstarter.com. There was another one like Joshua Tree Lawns.com. There were there were a few of these, but I just wanted to give, you know, their side of the story before we rip them to shreds <laughs> mercilessly in their absence. But, okay, so uh, they also claim that lawns absorb pollution from rainwater, 
rainwater runoff. They reduce urban noise. That's a nice thing. They fight urban heating. I assume. Well, how, where's their science? Oh, in this? Did on. they state the science? Because I'd want to see it. I don't uh, believe it. You know, uh, well, let me finish and then I'll tell you, I think, where they're coming from. Uh, okay. So it reduces well, urban noise. Tell you, it fights urban money. heating. It scrubs CO2 Wait, from the it air. Does what before this one? What did you say? Fights urban heating, like the, oh, the heat heating. island effect. Oh, um, yeah. And it cleans the air by trapping airborne dust and pollen and particulates. Um, magically, I guess. I'm not quite sure how that <laughs> it works. It reaches up and grabs it. But, um, but really, when you start reading the details of their argument, their argument basically comes down to lawns are better than concrete. You know, that's kind of where they're coming from. And, and I would have to kind of give them that. You know, uh, as far as all of these things they just listed, lawns are better than okay, a parking lot. Okay, better meaning, so just wait, because they are the the number one source of pollution in okay, this country. Okay, all right, well, don't start but, ripping them. So, <laughs> all right, so let's go back then, because their number one reason is because they are in an industry that makes a boatload of money, mm -hmm. billions of dollars in chemicals, so Monsanto, DuPont, millions of dollars in uh, fertilizer, Monsanto, DuPont. Uh, I mean, they. this is a big, big industry. So, so you're claiming they have a hidden agenda. No, I'm, well, <laughs> they're, so they're, <laughs> it's not hidden, but they're, they're giving it All a right. different name. They're, they're oh, greenwashing. Oh, oh, honest to God, they are greenwashing lawns. All right. All right. So let's, let's state what some of the problem <laughs> is. I just say, uh, you know, it, it was a feeble, it was a feeble defense, but, um, You're but it's a defense nonetheless. I, I'm not making their case. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So every year. Uh, here's, here's the problem as outlined by numerous studies. Every year across America, lawns consume about $3 trillion of water. Now, we're not talking about rain. We're talking about people watering, watering their even lawns. Even on their day when they don't need it. Yeah, I remember that story of my grandma, you yeah. know, when I was out visiting her in California and they were under drought restrictions. And so apparently you could only water your lawn every other day. And it was pouring rain outside, just bucketing. And she's like, you need to go outside and water my lawn. I was like, Grandma, it's, it's raining. She goes, it's my day to water, and I'm not going to miss it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of not the point of that, but anyway. All right, so anyway, households, about 30% of their usage of water is 30%. for their lawns, 30%. Wow. And what's weird is our current system waters their lawns with, with drinking water, you know, water that has been treated to the point where you could drink it. Why not? have gray water systems of, of sorts that, that could do that, you know, leftover shower water, leftover laundry water, all of that would be fine, but no. All right. It doesn't work that way. That would require thinking. All right. About 200 million gallons of gasoline <laughs> goes into mowing your lawns. All right. And it's estimated that 17 million gallons are just dumped on the ground while people are filling their lawn mowers. Wow. And to give you a perspective, the Exxon Valdez disaster spilled about 11 millions of um, gallons. And then how many of there? There's doing 17? Yeah, 17. So it's it's basically wow. every Worse. year mowing your lawn, it's about one and a half Exxon Valdez disasters being dumped on your lawn. All right. Another problem, pesticides, right? About 70 million pounds of pesticides in the U.S. is is 
placed upon lawns to keep the bugs down, to kill them. Um, and herbicides are a huge problem as well. And the runoff from these pesticides, herbicides, kill many, many millions of birds, fish, Pollutes and, the water supply. And I just supply. want to say people, because Ready Roundup, which is one of the chemical compounds, is responsible and for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and dogs are dying of it in droves. It's hideous. Well, just to that point, the National Cancer Institute states that children who live in households uh. with lawns that are treated with pesticides are six and a half times greater uh, risk of developing leukemia. We so. need to skip the rest of this. <laughs> I honestly, it, I'm gonna. All start right. Well, crying. we'll get. A, well, am. now let's move on to happier topics. <laughs> fertilizer. <laughs> How much damage is done by fertilizer? I do, do want to say one thing All though right. about if people were to, at the minimum, convert to using gray water, is that is a great insecticide. It really does help keep insects down. So well, to make a case for gray water, even though probably most places you live would you know, take away your right to live in your house if you were putting gray water on, on grass. But honestly, it's a really effective. Well, the other problem with, of course, the insecticides water. is it kill bugs, you know, and you want bugs. It kills good bugs. It kills bad bugs. So you're killing the bad bugs, but you're also killing all the pollinators. You're killing all the well, butterflies. They don't want moles. Killing... They don't want grubs. Yeah. They don't want the things, that, the food chain that is necessary for people to have a healthy environment. All right. So fertilizer, um, most of the fertilizer that's used is actually manufactured from natural gas. Oh, and geez. natural gas, uh, the, the, the manufacturer of fertilizer actually consumes about 1.2% of all of the world's energy. Just in making fertilizer I'm that's largely take your used notes on. If you keep on this well, I told you this was good news. And um, lawnmowers, oh, lawnmowers. Oh, oh. Actually, the EPA says just lawnmowers contribute about five percent of all of the world's air pollution, because a lawnmower will produce about 125, 124 to be exact times is more polluting than a car. So, um, lawnmowers. Not so good. Oh, gasoline lawnmowers. And and another interesting thing that I saw, well, I'll, I'll get into this in a little bit. Okay, I'm still outlining all the good news of lawns. Um, 50 million acres, 50 million acres of lawn, are, are, of land is covered with lawns in the U.S. 50 million acres. 50 What's million, that? What does that translate That to? translates to about 2% of the entire country. Is, I just is just say, for lawns. I know now why you didn't let me see your notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're breaking my heart. Right. And actually the oh. lawns, if you were to take all the lawns in the U.S., it would make a country bigger than 65% of all the countries in the world. So... You're, That's you're cool. killing me. I'm telling uh, you, I yeah, can start uh, crying. It's so ridiculous. Yard waste, <laughs> lawn clippings, right? Oh, Contribute all that stuff that could be composted. Twenty to fifty percent. Compostable yeah, yeah. materials. Compostable right. materials mm -hmm. make up twenty to fifty percent of all the stuff in landfills in the United States. The problem so, is they're full of pollution too. I mean, yeah. really, really rocking with pollution. So you're dumping that into the waste stream. As so, well. so basically, you're talking about lawns are a desert. They are a a a literal desert as far as biodiversity, 
and and their uh, habitat that is unsupporting of anything except that grass that you're trying to grow, which is kind of the whole point of putting herbicides and pesticides and all of that other stuff on there. There's something that do not occur in nature. They cause air pollution, water pollution, environmental, global warming. Um, you know, the argument that the lawn care guys said is it reduces CO2 in the atmosphere. Um, they're saying, okay, plants absorb CO2, give off oxygen. Well, that's true, except lawns. Lawns actually, because of all this other stuff associated with them, are, are a net contributor to greenhouse gases. Um, for every pound of fertilizer that's created, five pounds of carbon dioxide is produced, um, you know, in the manufacturing of that, of that fertilizer. Well, I think the real issue here is what is the true cost of this, this uh, hideous practice that we have in our country? Um, and the true cost, the exchange, even if it did produce one thing that was valuable, I could almost buy the being sort of a heat sink, you know, cooling areas rather than to have uh, anything better than a concrete or, or some kind of tarmac. But the reality is that many, many places by law say you must have that lawn and it must be kept a certain way. And if you don't, you get fined. Okay, well, I've, I've got a whole section on that, I guess. Okay, I that would make me. me feel better. <laughs> I want all this stuff about killing and hurting Right, because anytime you identify a problem and seek to solve it, the government is really happy to step in the way and say, no, you're not allowed to fix this problem. Well, lots of the government, so. I mean, if you live in a subdivision, they probably have deed restriction that says oh, you have baby. to do certain things. And you then sure you do. live in a neighborhood where everybody is the, the the police and they report you because you decided I'm going to grow a tomato in my front yard or I'm going to, I mean, lots of places right. have. You're getting ahead of, okay, you're getting ahead so, of yourself. Okay. So we've outlined the myself, problems. Not you. Uh, getting ahead of me. <laughs> yes. You've, we've outlined the problems here. Uh, after our little identification here, we'll, we'll outline the solutions. So let me just remind you, you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and the insurrectionist Annie Warmke. <laughs> Reminding you, it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. I'm not sure today, but I'll and say thank, thank God. And thank God, right. And we always say that because, of course, we're saying that these practices, lawns being a very visible um, example of the way we have lived our lives, are not sustainable. Lawns simply are not sustainable. Um, and, and I know there are people who are going to have sort of a visceral reaction because they like the look of it. They like the sense of it. They like the smell of cut grass. All of that. I don't. I don't um, you can say buy that's an bad app for that. Yeah, you can scratch yeah. and sniff guard every time you miss that little smell of clean yeah. cut. Just scratch. There's and some sniff. place you can find this. That's probably so, killing. So the world I just too. want to say too that the the reality of if we're going to really say, oh, it's the end of the world as we know it, and thank God that what we really should also acknowledge, if you're not, is that. It is the end of the world for these kind of things. And um, and if we don't want to stop doing lawns, we're going to be forced in the coming years to stop having lawns and plant food or oh, prairies sure. or and invite insects in because we need insects to pollinate and 
so we can well if you food. live in if you live in the western United States already you're seeing that lawns simply with all of the droughts and things of that nature you're just not I mean it's like oh I like a green lawn but people are still doing it rich people are still doing it yeah they can get away with it yeah and they can afford to pay the price all whatever right. it is well let me try and hit on a few of the suggested solutions and purposefully I put a few of these up front that I knew you were gonna have a conniption fit about <laughs> All right, because a lot of people want to solve this problem without changing their behavior. So there's a problem with gasoline and pollution with lawnmowers. So electric lawnmowers, how's that for a solution? You think that solves the problem? No, there, no, I don't think it does. It, oh, let me on. tell you what I think solves the problem. And I'm going <laughs> to tell a story about your brother, who's a little doll, and uh -huh. uh, he listens to this podcast. My favorite hey, brother, Roman. Roman. And so when he was young, he was a young struggling musician. And um, he had decided he was going to go off and make his fortune in North Carolina. So anyway, he goes off there and he's got to make some money, but he doesn't want to interfere with his music. I may be making up this part of the story, but, <laughs> but I think it's true. And it's a long time ago. But anyway, so he decides he's going to mow lawns, but he couldn't afford to buy a gasoline lawnmower. And I think somebody, or he found in the dump or something, a push lawnmower, an old fashioned push lawnmower. But he's so clever and cute about it, intelligent, I'll put that instead of cute, but he is cute. And, he, and so he would tell people his sort of tagline his marketing was, you know, this saves the world. Kind yeah, of no thing. fossil fuels. No all fossil fuels. Sweat used. equity. Yeah. Yep. And, and he did well mowing lawns, although he was probably more fit than he's ever been <laughs> in his life because that would be hard work. All right. So you're, you're saying, okay, let's, let's do this as labor. Yeah. And if you really love lawns, um, well, another thing to do is they suggest is mow the lawn less frequently. So, um, actually, Again, there are deed restrictions with that as well. Well, yeah, but it, it, the, the studies showed that Americans mow their lawn an average of 22 times a year. Some people times. mow every day. Well, like My our friend next door that neighbor. lives in Columbus, the guy comes home from work during the warm months, changes his clothes, and goes out and mows his post champ lawn every <laughs> night. Probably with a with riding a very, lawnmower. Yes, and it's very <laughs> loud, and he's got on earmuffs. Oh, well, so. he doesn't want to hear that noise. No. Okay, but this, a study by Consumer Reports found 58% of people who mow their lawns don't like doing it. So... We're doing no, something that's destructive. Else. Yeah. No, it's not pay, pay Roman. He'll yes, come out a, and they pay trim it with tweezers. Service. You see them pull up in suburbia, suburbia America, suburban America, uh, and the guy rolls out, and they go down the street across each sure. lawn for a dozen lawns and then come back and make another swipe. I mean, the, the people don't mow their lawns. Well, some, some people do. Some people. And and All especially right. if they get to ride guys like that. I know it sounds sexist, but guys really like the um, um, yeah, those running a lawnmower. $15,000 lawnmowers. Or 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, mow in the evening, right? Yeah, the people love especially if you have to go to bed early. About 10.30 at night is a good time. <laughs> Why would you mow in the evening? Well, they say that, of course, the pollution that's given off during the heat of the day creates ozone in the atmosphere much more readily than if it's cool. But you can't get a tan if you mow at night. Well, yeah. You I, see people, you know, yeah. look, my, even <laughs> Wait our until neighbor, midnight. <laughs> our neighbor, you know, goes out and she's white as snow and never had a tan in her life and she goes out like she's going to get a tan and then you see her and she looks like roasted lobster, lobster so okay all right okay so that's the solution for gas all right that's we're moving story. up the yeah 
fertilizers. Okay, oh. big problem with fertilizers. So use organic, right? That was one of their options. What is organic fertilizer? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, like composting. Composting something you can get behind, right? That solves two problems. It helps embellish the soil, and it gets rid of some of that garden waste. Wait, how, how does that? How would you do that? You just make dirt. Yeah, yeah. So you're no, embellishing I mean, you're, your you're, soil. Yeah. So now we're not necessarily talking about lawns there. This is taking that People that would waste. just buy the, the crumpled. I know people do, but this is a solution. So we're going to stand at Lowe's in front of the... <laughs> In front of the counter and say, "Don't do that." Buy compost. Yeah, use this. Use this. Uh, kitchen, I'm not getting arrested waste. over stupid lawns. All right, aerating your lawns. Aerating the lawn. Apparently, that helps. Uh, it sells more equipment. Why not? Um, <laughs> That's what I think. Okay. People buy shoes. I've seen yeah, it like yeah. cleats and go along. But They're it, called golfers, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. I've aerated a few greens. Or goofers. I'm not right. sure. Well, and, and I was going to bring up about golf courses, but this is getting oh, too close to don't. my heart. I know. I will go crazy. Right. Um, checking the soil pH levels because maybe you don't need fertilizer. Maybe it's just an imbalance. You know, a lot of people just keep dumping the same thing on their lawn thinking that's going to help when, in fact, it's probably making the problem worse. You know, I think if you're fertilizing your lawn, which seems to just grow fine uh, without any help, I think that um, you would not care what the pH level said. Yeah. You would, you, the thing is, and this is what's disturbing, is if you're putting that much effort into something that basically produces nothing, it, it's like a, some kind of form of craziness, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen how people do it. My father was in love with his lawn. <laughs> right. But here's what people are going to buy, and it is herbicide. Because unless they have a mole or a vole in their yard, they're going to be much more concerned that there's a dandelion, which is maybe the most important plant beside willows in the whole world. <laughs> that reminds me. I'm going to tell you. My mom, when we were kids, <laughs> she decided to get rid of the dandelions in the yard. And, of course, there were all these boys in our family. And she said, I'll give you a penny for every dandelion you pick. <laughs> so we went out and went through the whole neighborhood filling up <laughs> grocery bags full of dandelions. <laughs> And we came back with these grocery bags, and she's like, I meant just in our yard. And we're like, but you said. And All those I pennies wasted. Yeah, I don't think she paid off. Anyway, okay, so, so the big solution is get rid of your lawn, right? Just get rid of the lawn. So how can you get rid of your lawn? Um, well, without you know, getting sued. Yeah, without. Well, we remember out. when we lived in Florida, you'd see some people with rocks and gravel and but that kind of thing. But that's also deed restricted in a lot of places. Yeah, and it also kind of looked crappy, but well, uh, you know, bad. that's not my it's thing. Your, and of course, then surface water runoff and things like it's yeah, also heat. Hotter. Um, do a lot of mulching. Mulching of of these will will of course retain moisture. Um, tends you can't to. Mulch the lawn. You I know, but now we're plants. talking about getting rid of your lawn, starting to do plantings. Oh, okay. Planting perennials with well, well mulch. the beds. So first of all, to say to make the beds that you have to be bigger, wider, sure. longer, extend those kind of things. Well, and because they always need a word for everything, this is xeriscaping. Well, that's been around for a long yeah, time, know, but I that's know. a great idea. So you're and, using native plants. Well, the seven precepts of xeriscaping. Oh, I wrote man, these down. I'm impressed. Water Jay. conservation, right? Okay. By planting in groups, using the land contours, 
uh, doing rain collection, that's one of it. Soil improvement, right? Keep adding compost to your soil, keep aerating your soil, things of that nature. Limit the grass, get rid of the grass, if at all possible. Use native plants, plants that are designed to grow in your environment. Just to say, though, that may be a little bit tricky because with climate change, we have to adapt and lots of those plants aren't going to survive. Hey, they're new immigrants. Welcome them. Welcome aboard. You can also find a lot of these plants, not that I advocate buying at Lowe's or Walmart or whatever, but at the end of the season or mid-season when they're, the plants aren't looking all that great, um, if you have a little bit of a green thumb, you can get a lot of plants inexpensively. Um, I do advocate you buy locally, though, not and Walmart's not local. Mm -hmm. yeah, or if you've got a shovel in a neighbor who's out of town, you can get a lot of that plants. That is right. Your mom, your mom learned that the hard way. Somebody came and dug up all of her plants one year. Yeah. But, but the other thing you can do uh, in terms of being sustainable is you could invite your friends in the spring or the fall and exchange plants. And people dig up flower bulbs. They dig up uh, and divide. Have, have a garden party, but not tell them that they're actually planting the garden. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> no, a lot of people would show up because they don't have their own garden, but they'd love to do it. So it's okay. a great opportunity to change what you're doing. Well, item number six under zero scaping is uh, avoid overwatering by using soaker hoses, things like that, if you have to you know, water. Some kind of irrigation, which you can buy inexpensively yeah. now. You can even buy a little solar-powered um, timer that turns on the water um, in the evening, which is a better time to, to water so it doesn't evaporate, although people would argue against that. They want it to evaporate. They think it'll cause mold and other problems. But well, And the other aspect of it is is everything should be low maintenance. You know, you yeah, plant stuff that's just going to take it. Yeah, and if it dies, then it was the wrong plant. Right. Well, you in know? gardening, you, you before it dies, you try to move it to another place because you made a mistake. But that's where mulching comes in. You know, I'm a big believer of mulching, partly because I, I'm a lazy gardener. So I'm going to march, mulch in the winter and cover over everything that isn't needing to still stick up. And I'm going to mark where things are going to come up through the ground that are perennial, that die back. And, um, and in the spring, I'm going to cover that mulch some more. And then I hardly have anything to weed, even when the weeds start going crazy in August and stuff. And then the cool part of that is that it keeps what it needs, the moisture, and it keeps the plant a temperature it needs to stay. It's a brilliant system. Okay. Well, in the minute that we have left, let me tell you, there are a lot of programs out there in the country that are beginning to incentivize to get rid of your lawn. A good example is in, in Arizona and California, where they're paying homeowners up to 500 bucks to, to do zeroscaping, essentially, coming in. There's a program in Montgomery County, Maryland, where they'll pay homeowners up to $2,500 to convert at least 250 square feet into natural native plants away from lawn. And because this is government, one hand giveth, the other taketh away. There are a lot of codes out there that are saying, if you do these things we're incentivizing you to do, we're going to punish you and fine you for doing them. So uh, not taxes, in the same place. Your taxes may go up, but also your resale value. Well, there are, there are homeowners associations, local ordinances that say, you, you got to have a lawn, you know, you got to have it a certain length because it's going to, it's going to attract snakes, rodents, uh, looks unsightly, things of that nature. Typically, the courts will side with the government, you know. Um, in fact, there was an interesting case I saw 
um, where, where a homeowner was forced to get rid of his garden because there was a restriction against building structures on your property. And the city said um, garden boxes, plant boxes oh, are structures, beds, not beds. even raised beds, just like just, flower pots. Oh, just, oh, oh <laughs> are, wow. Our structures. So, so they ruled against them. All right. Well, you have been listening, uh, hopefully attentively to, um, Jane Annie Warmke with the bio, when the biomass hits the wind turbine. <laughs> it already has. We want to thank our always useful and productive and green, green uh, Emmy Award winning producer, Adam Rich. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your mess, and don't live where there are lawn deed restrictions. <laughs> Till next time. Bye-bye. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at BlueRockStation.com. Yeah.